Hello, my friend. This is Pastor Mark Stroud, and I just wanted to say today that Jesus loves you. And I just feel the joy of the Lord coming toward you today. I know things may be rough, it may be difficult, a lot of things are going on in this world. But let me just encourage you today. Can I do that? I'm here in the studio today, and it's a Monday morning where I am, well, almost 12 o'clock. And I thought I'd just come into the podcast room and make the simple recording. And maybe I, I thought to myself, or asking the Lord, maybe somebody, somebody, one person, two people, would actually hear this and it would brighten their day. So just know that I'm praying for you at this moment. Jesus is thinking about you. Just know that you're the apple of the Lord's eye. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, realize that you are not alone. You are not alone. Let's just stay right there just for a moment. This is just you and I speaking. I believe that the Lord has a time of refreshing in store for you. You know, the Bible declares there in the book of Psalms, Psalm 23, it says that the Lord restores his soul. The Lord restores your soul. He restoreth my soul. Restoring the soul is so important after going through such a traumatic time in life. In these days, it seems like we can have a, a, a sort of a PSD. You know, we've gone through so much trials and, and so many things are happening to us and family. And we see so much going on on the news and just in the world around us in general. And many times it is very difficult to maintain your faith and walk with Christ when you see all of this negativity all around you. You know, the Lord is there to restore your soul and be an anchor. He is. He's an anchor right there with you. And I want to get into Psalms in just a minute, but as we talk about storms, I can't help but to think about Peter as he journeyed out of the boat to walk on the water to go to the Lord Jesus. You know, and Peter was doing well for a moment, but then he began to see the, the sea bolsterous. He began to feel the, the wind and the waves crashing, all of these things all around him. And he began to doubt. He had Jesus in view, but he began to doubt. And he simply prayed as he began to sink. He, he prayed such a, a short but powerful prayer. He said, Lord, save me. And what happened? Jesus reached down, picked him up, and the both of them walked back to the boat. I just love that. I just love that. That Jesus is only a prayer away. And maybe that's all you can say this morning or this evening, whenever you're listening. Maybe you're really under the strain of a storm. Maybe debt is crashing against you. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe you don't know where your next meal is going to come from. Maybe you feel like you're drowning, drowning in emotion and, and turmoil. Your thoughts are all over the place and, and you don't know what to do. Let me tell you, just call on the name of Jesus. Let's say this simple prayer together. Jesus, save me. Can you do that with me? Jesus, 
save me. Save me. You know, one of the greatest battlefields that's going on or that's raging in our world today is the battle for the soul. The battle for the soul. And when your soul is under attack, your emotions, you know, you may not know what you're feeling or you may be depressed or you may cry all the time. Maybe you're extremely tired. Maybe you're just worn out. Maybe you're burned out. Maybe you don't want anybody to talk to you or touch you. You just want to be left alone. I get that. I get that. That's a soul that has really been rocked. Soul that is really reeling from side to side. And Jesus said that he is your anchor. Receive him as your anchor and put your faith and trust in him. Not in money, not in things, not in people. Put your faith and trust in Jesus. There's so many other things uh, to trust in in this world. In the, and I love what the Lord says right there in the Ten Commandments. He said, you'll have no other gods before me. You know, and as I look at that, I realize that the Father notices that there are other gods, other things to turn to and other things to believe on and rely on. He said, you'll have no other gods before me. You don't worship any other gods before me. In other words, don't rely on them. Don't trust in them. And what are the modern gods we can say? Money, you know, and, and sex, maybe job, career. It is, it is any number of things that takes our attention away from the one true God, from the infinite, from the eternal God, our Father. You know, none of these other gods have ever sacrificed for you. You know, they always promise things with a price. They'll, they'll say, I'll give you this if you just simply give me that. And they all require things from you. Well, Jesus came, your God, and he sacrificed himself. Your God sent his only begotten son into the world to give his life for you to show you how much he loves you, how much he adores you, how much he cares for you. And he gave all so that you would find peace, so that you would find rest in him. Let's go back for a second. Let's go back to Psalm 23. And I hope that this is really, really blessing you today. I'm just trying my best to speak by the Spirit and, and just say what I believe the Lord wants me to say today. Psalm 23, let's just talk about the first few verses here. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. And verse number three, he restores my soul. He restores my soul. Let's go back up to verse number one. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. Shepherd, one who leads, guides, one who protects, the one who directs. The Lord is my shepherd. We need to acknowledge him as shepherd. And Jesus said, 
over in John, the 10th chapter, that he is the good shepherd that gives his life for the sheep. Jesus is our good shepherd. And we acknowledge you, Jesus, as being our shepherd. Now, notice it says, the Lord is our shepherd. Now, saying that we acknowledge Jesus to be our shepherd, we must acknowledge also that we are sheep, that we are his followers. And if he says he's a shepherd, then we must be his sheep. Isn't that something? And we know that sheep have no defensive capabilities. They don't have fangs. They don't have claws. They depend on the shepherd to lead them and to protect them. And the shepherd comes with a rod and a staff. You know, the rod is there to protect the sheep from dangers that are without or the dangers that are on the outside, like wolves and other animals. That's what the rod is there, to protect the sheep from the dangers that are on the outside. But the staff, which has a little crook on the end of it, is to protect the sheep from themselves. You know, to bring discipline to the sheep or to bring correction or to bring the sheep back into the fold after it's gone astray. You know, it's, it's often we see something shiny over here and we think that, hey, oh, that, this is going to help me. This is going to work for me. And we go here, we go there, only to find out that it is still empty. The way is still shut. There's nothing there. It's a wasteland of nothingness. And we get out there and we have lost contact with our shepherd. We have lost contact with the other sheep and we feel so alone. That's why I love the Lord when he said that the good shepherd will leave the 99 and go after the one. Of course, in Bible times, when a shepherd would do that, he would always leave the sheep, leave the 99 with another shepherd. Or he'd leave them with some type of hireling, if it's a safe place, because, you know, the hirelings will run off when danger comes. But normally, he would leave them in some type of enclosure with another shepherd. And then he would go after the sheep that has gone astray. And he would seek after that sheep until he finds the sheep. If a sheep has gone down in some type of ditch or something, some type of uh, ravine, he would take the staff and with the, with the hook on the end of it, and he would hook that sheep and bring the sheep back up to safety. And often he would carry the sheep in his arms back into the fold. That's the picture. His rod is there. His rod defends you from dangers that are on the outside. And his staff protects you from you. I thank God that he disciplines us and he leads us and he directs us in the way that we should go. And often we, like Isaiah 53 says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And God has laid upon Jesus the iniquity of us all. So going back to verse 1, the Lord said that he is shepherd, meaning he has taken responsibility for us. Glory to God. He has taken the responsibility for us. A shepherd takes the responsibility for the sheep. Remember, he'll even leave the 99 and go after the one. And guess what, my friends? You and I are that one that have gone astray. 
We're that one that has gotten lost. We're that one that has been overcome. He will leave the 99 and go after you. You are just that important to him. So this morning, Father, we acknowledge Jesus as our shepherd. And we thank you. We are your followers. We are your sheep. Notice as it says, as it goes on down, I think we're just going to go down to verse number three today. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. And guess what happens when Jesus is your shepherd? I shall not want. I shall not want. All right. So right away, it looks like we're in some sort of contradiction, right? We're maybe going to church. We may be, or maybe we haven't been in a while. I don't know. But we're trying our best to do what we should be doing. And it seems like we're in a lot of want, right? Seems like we need money for the bills. We need we have debts that have to be paid and people that are counting on us. And it seems like we are in lack. I should never lack. It says, I shall not lack for anything. That's what it says. I shall not want, meaning I shall not lack. Well, Lord, uh, again, the this world pulls a pulls deception over our, our eyes, and we look at the bank account, and we say, Lord, this must not be true. Are you lying to me? And we know the word of God is absolutely true. It is truth. It is not my truth, your truth. It is simply truth. So we need to lie and make sure our life is lining up. If the Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want. So what does this mean if we are in want and God is our shepherd? Let's explore that for a moment. Now, sometimes there can be periods or times of scarcity when we are walking in the will of God for our lives. There can be seasons, seasons of, I would say, lower provision. That is, it is not the abundant time, but you have everything that you need for that moment. That's what I call those seasons, simply that you have your daily manna. You know, you have water to drink, and these could be the detoxing times, the detoxing seasons, when your fidelity or faithfulness to the Lord is being tested. Or maybe he's using these these lack seasons or these want seasons to pull things out of you, to identify things in you that you had no idea was, was still there. You know, those seasons are valuable. But then there are some times that we're in want because of no, I mean, a first part, you know, there could be no fault of your own that you're in that season. Know that. It could be no fault of your own at all that you're in that season. It could be just that season. You know, you've lived up to a point, you know, summer comes, winter, spring, summer, or fall. If you keep on living, you're going to go into one of those seasons. But then there are other times that we can be in lack or in want because we have left our shepherd and have gone after another. When we have gone astray to another shepherd, we've gone away. We've been rebellious. Well, then in that time, we've got to simply repent. So let's get our, let's cover all of our bases. If we are in lack at this very moment and you need some things, let's go ahead and cover our bases. 
Let's make sure that the Lord is our shepherd. So let's just pray into that at this very moment. And just pray with me. And, and Father, we pray in Jesus' name, your beloved and I come before you. And Lord, we do repent. We do repent for going astray. We do repent, Father, for naming something else as our shepherd or claiming something else as our shepherd. We do repent, Father, in the name of Jesus. We, we see lack or we see scarcity and we see want. And we just want to make sure that Jesus is our shepherd. So we just renounce all of the claims to any of the shepherds, to any of the gods. We renounce them in Jesus' name. And we declare that we will have no other gods before you. You are our shepherd and we shall not want. We claim Jesus as our shepherd. Yeshua, Yeshua, we claim Jesus as our shepherd. You know, if you'd gone back in Bible times, they wouldn't have said his name Jesus, but there in their language, he would have, they called his name Yeshua. That was, that was how they called Jesus at that time. So we're not deviating from scripture. We, we call his name Jesus. And I believe in the Hebrew tongue, Yeshua. So Lord, we declare that Jesus is our shepherd. And we receive Jesus today. We renounce every other and declare that as we look to the hills from which comes our help, Lord, we realize that our help comes from you and not some other foreign place. Our help comes from you, Lord. We've looked to so many other things. Our help comes from you, not the money, not the people. It comes from you, not the job, not the government. It comes from you. So we acknowledge you, Lord, today as our shepherd. Let's go a little bit further. Then we're going to close out today. I'm really enjoying this, and I hope that you are really too. By the way, just go to my website if you get a chance at kingdomrock.org, kingdomrock.org, and click on the contact button. And let me know, hey, you were praying with me that day. You were praying with me. And I mean, I would really love to hear that. It's, that's just so encouraging when we receive those messages by way of our, our website, what have you, hearing someone in overseas or hearing, some, hearing of someone in the United States, wherever you are listening, getting that feedback, oh, it's priceless to us, and it would be priceless to me. All right, let's go to verse number two. It says, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures to rest. Isn't that something? He makes you to lie down in green pastures. I love the way the word says it's green pastures, which means it's fertile, it's plenteous, it's prosperous. He causes you to lie down or to rest in a prosperous land. Let's receive that promise right now. As Jesus is our shepherd, we receive that we are now at rest in a prosperous land. We receive, Father, our rest in a prosperous land. That's a promise. As the Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want, hallelujah, we renounce any and all others. And we declare that we will rest, that he makes us, he causes us, he does. We can do so many things in life thinking I can do this and, and I can do that. And I found this way to be prosperous and successful. But the Lord says that it is he that makes us to lie down in green pastures. 
And that course leads me to the book of Deuteronomy, where it says that it is the Lord your God that gives you the power to get the wealth that he may establish his covenant in the earth. It is God that gives us the increase. So, Father, once again, we acknowledge you. It is you that causes us and makes us to lie down in a prosperous land, to rest in prosperity, to rest in more than enough. It is you, Father, and we acknowledge you. We acknowledge Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, as our shepherd. And we thank you, Lord, that we shall not want, and we shall lie down in a prosperous land. Not just there and by and by in, in heaven, but Lord, we know that it is your desire that we live in heavenly places. Because you told us there in Matthew, the sixth chapter, to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So, Lord, we know that we can dwell in a prosperous land right now to rest in a prosperous land. Let's go further. It says, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Then it says, He leadeth me beside the still waters. Oh, my goodness. So you can drink. You know, that's one thing about the nature of a sheep. Uh, if the waters are running rapidly, the sheep won't drink. The sheep will not drink from rapids. The waters have to be still, calm, not frightening, but still calm. He leads you to a serene place. Can you think about, take a moment and just think about a place where the brook, there's water running over the rocks, you know, and the sun is shining and maybe the birds are, are chirping, and the temperature is just right. And the Lord has led you to that place, and he says, drink. It's a place of refreshing, where he refreshes you. He leads you, causes you to drink from steel waters. And one thing, too, about the nature of animals as they drink, they'll only be able, they only really drink when they know, when they know that there are no dangers around. If you look in the animal kingdom, you'll find that as they drink, they, especially deers, I mean, they will look around, look around, look around, make sure nothing is coming as they lower their head to drink. Because that can be a dangerous place. There are other predators around that's waiting by these water holes, waiting for that animal to drop their guard and then grabs it. You know, but the shepherd leads you. So this is a safe place. He has led you. I love that. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He says, this place is good for you. Now, the nature of a shepherd, again, is to spy out or search out the territory or the land. He knows where to take the sheep. He knows where the safe places are. And he leads you, you there. Oh, glory. He will lead you there to that place. He will lead you. He will lead me. He will lead us to that place. And we just receive that now in Jesus' name. Another word from the Lord. We receive that now that you, Lord, you lead us beside the still waters. And we give you praise for leading us beside the still waters. Lord, thank you for this place 
of refreshing. Thank you, Lord, for this place of refreshing. Right in the midst of chaos and confusion all around us, you refresh us. Oh, my goodness. That's one thing, too. We, we cannot allow the fear of the world to become our fear because Jesus is not their shepherd. He's yours. And so their fear is foreign to you. But if they knew him, then they would not fear. But you know him, and he is with you. And look at verse number three, and we'll stop here for today. Oh, my goodness. Verse three says, he restores my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Stop right there for a moment. He restores my soul. Now, this is highly interesting here. He says he restores your soul. To restore a soul. Think about that for a moment. He will restore your soul. Restore. Have you ever uh, worked with maybe a computer or maybe even your phone and somehow the settings got all cattywampus, you know, and it just wouldn't work correctly anymore. And the advice from the tech department was to restore it to factory settings. Restore. To bring it back into another condition. To bring it back into a former state. Oh, I love this. To bring it back into a former state. Because understand something. We can... Our souls can be torn. It can be, they can be tattered. We can go through things in life and we can, we can be tormented. We can be uneasy. A lot of things can happen to our souls. Well, the Lord said that he would restore our soul. Restore here means to, to return or to turn back. Oh, my goodness. You know, there was a time when some say, you know, I used to go to church all the time, or, or I would just love reading the Bible. I just love talking to people about Jesus, or I would, there was a time when I wasn't afraid, or there was a, a time when I was just happy and just full of joy, just easygoing, and now I'm, I feel I'm harsh and I'm fearful, I'm depressed all the time. Guess what happened? Something has happened to our souls. And that peace has been lost. Well, the Lord says that he would restore our souls. Again, another benefit of following King Jesus as shepherd, he said that he would restore your soul. And that's one thing we need to pray about today as well. If you feel that, I mean, again, your emotions are all over the place. You're angry sometimes. You're depressed other times. And, and sometimes... I mean, sometimes even suicidal or think about suicidal things. You, it seems like you're all over the place and you're, you're angry and there's so much around you. You feel like you're drowning sometimes, drowning. And the waves are crashing in and out and you're feeling like you're alone. The Lord says that he would restore our souls. So let's pray that now. Lord Jesus you said that you are our shepherd. We have renounced any and other shepherds, any other, any and all of the gods. 
And we thank you, Lord, for for making us to lie down in green pastures. We thank you for leading us beside the still waters. And Lord, we claim also the promise that you would restore our souls. Father, I pray in Jesus' name for my friend, your beloved, that is right now listening. Restore their soul. Oh, Lord, turn it back. Turn it back to its pristine condition, to where they love again, to where joy fills their heart and life. Peace that flows like a river would come upon them and that they would know and praise you and know that you are faithful. Father, restore our souls. So let's claim that promise. We're going to continue to claim the promises here in Psalm 23. We're going to continue to claim these promises. Let's finish reading 23, or rather, uh, verse number 3. It says again, He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. After he restores your soul, it says, He leadeth me. And you know, He This leading, I believe, is a part of restoring the soul, putting you back on the right path in the right direction. It says again, he restores my soul. Then it says, he leadeth me. He's leading you back in the right direction. So remember the, and I'm just thinking about this as as we're talking, to restore means to turn back, to turn back. And then he says, he leads. So as he restores your soul, he, he lead, begins, leads you in another direction. Leads you back. It says, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. Maybe we've been walking in an unrighteous path. And he leads me in the paths of righteousness. There is some kind of way for us to go a path means it's an entrenchment. And in the Hebrew, it's it's really it's the word means an entrenchment or a track. Entrenchment, track, or circumvallation. I don't use that word a lot, but entrenchment track. There's a there's a planned path. It's not like you're gonna go here and there, but no, I'm thinking like train train tracks. He says, come back on these tracks. There's a, there's a way that's already made, a proven way that's already made, and it's designed for you. Train tracks are designed for a train. An entrenchment, you know, it's, a, it's something that's designed for walking. And an entrenchment usually has sides, one on the left and one on the right, and you're going through this entrenchment, this path. He said he leads you in the paths. Now, there's an S there. There's more than one. More than one. More than one way that he's going to take you. You finish with one, you hop on it, hop on the next. He leads you in the paths or the entrenchments or the tracks of righteousness for his name's sake. In other words, because of him. Because of Jesus, he will lead you because of his name. You wear his name, and he's going to make sure you get back where you're supposed to be. 
And who is, what is the righteousness here? It's Jesus. You are now, because you believe in the Father, because you believe in Jesus, you are now born again. And the Bible declares that you are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He leads you in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. And I believe some of these paths has to do with us knowing who Jesus is and knowing what he has done for us, <sighs> knowing how he has fulfilled fulfilled these sacrificial requirements of the Old Testament to make you righteous with God, knowing that he is the justifier of your soul, knowing that he is your propitiation. That's a, that's a big word. He is your propitiation or, your, or the pleasing sacrifice that has made you right with God. He leads you into knowing really about his suffering and what he caused to happen for you, what he did for you. These paths of righteousness lead you right back to him. This is awesome. And surely this includes some sort of work for us to do as well. But he's the one who is leading us. It says he leads us. So, you know, one thing that those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. They are the children of God. So he's leading you by his Spirit. Remember, he's shepherd, he leads you, he's restoring your soul. Only with the restored soul can you be led on this path to where you're supposed to be. I love that. We're going to stop there for today. I have enjoyed my time with you, and I pray that you have as well. So don't forget to reach out to me and let me know that, that I was praying with you today. I really do appreciate that. I mean, that really would just be awesome to hear from you. So I think that's it for today. We've just covered verses 1, 2, and 3. Maybe next time we'll come back and do the remainder of Psalm 23. There are a lot of things I'd like to say, and we'll just do it together, okay? So I, I bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Wherever you are, just know that you are not alone. You're in his care. Jesus is your shepherd, and he's taking care of you. We'll see you next time, okay? Be safe and be blessed.